Corinthians. Um, and it was going to be on how do we cleanse ourselves. But to tell you the truth, the past, uh, I'd say over the past week, I've just felt this heavy burden of my own sins. And studying on that topic, I even admitted it to our small group this week that I just had really felt this, the nature of sin present. And it's kind of had me down. And as I was studying on cleansing ourselves, which we are to do, which is an important step for us, I started to find myself just looking at a list of things I needed to do. And I realized uh, I can't do it all by myself. I cannot cleanse myself without the help of God. And it just so happened that was in my daily Bible reading on a Saturday morning. And I read in the chapter of Jude, and you read in the beginning of that chapter that Jude wants to remind the people of their salvation, but then he goes through this long list of apostasy that's happening in the churches. And uh, then again, I began to feel just the weight of sin present. But then <clears throat> I got to the doxology in June, in Jude, the last two verses of Jude, and I got this just huge sense of joy by reading those two verses. So I believe the Lord led me there in my daily Bible reading, so that's what I'm going to preach on today is Jude chapter, uh, there's Jude chapter 1, verses 24 and 25, and it is titled, He is Able. He is Able. The doxology reads, Now unto him that is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory, with exceeding joy. To the only wise God, our Savior, be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and ever. Amen. Now I'm going to tell you, when I got done reading that, I had tears in my eyes and I felt like shouting because I realized that no amount of cleansing that I try to do on my own will ever present me faultless before God. No amount of cleansing that I try to do on my own will ever take me before that throne room blameless. But He is able. He is able to keep me both from falling or stumbling. And He is able to present me faultless before the presence of His glory. Jude in this letter is encouraging the believers... To have a full assurance, to know beyond a shadow of a doubt that Jesus Christ and only He, only Jesus Christ, could guard you and protect you from the present apostasies that are out there. The same ones that Jude found we find today. But only Jesus Christ has the power, only Jesus Christ is able to keep you from falling. The, the church that he was writing to, the people that he was writing to, the same as it is with us, they're hearing heresies, they're seeing heresies, they're seeing people leaving the way of Christ, they're seeing culture around them begin to crumble and reject God. And then he tells them in, that, in this letter that people had crept in unawares to them. People had crept in and started perverting the grace of God. That's in verse 4. That they were turning the grace of our God into lasciviousness and denying the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. They'd begin to teach and tell that Jesus Christ was not truly God. 
That there were other gods, that you could be your own god. Take your pick of gods, but it wasn't Jesus Christ. But Jude calls them to do something after he reminds them of that. In verse 5 he says, I call you to remember the things that you once knew. Church, it's an ugly world out there. There is sin, we're going to stumble, and we're going to fall. But remember the things that you once knew, that God is faithful. But then he goes on to tell them. He says, remember that God has continually saved His people, but yet His people still reject Him in verse 5. He would got them out of Egypt, and yet they still rejected Him. Then he says in verse 6 that even the angels of heaven rejected against God. They rebelled against God in verse 6. And then in verse 8, the people of the earth reject God's natural law. Verse 11, the apostates have followed Cain. They're jealous, not loving God's glory. In verse 11, they're like Balaam. They're greedy for reward. And you begin to read these like, man, this is depressing. People keep leaving God. People are turning after jealousy. Even the angels are rejecting and rebelling against God. But then Jude gives warning. And he says, keep yourselves. Keep yourselves. There's our cleansing that we are to be doing. We're to be about cleansing. It's not that God is able, so therefore I do nothing. He says, keep yourselves in the love of God looking for mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. That's in verse 21. But then Jude brings them back to where he wanted to start in verse 3, because in verse 3, he tells them, Beloved, when I gave all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation, it was needful for me to write unto you and to exhort you that you should earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered. And then he starts going through the list of the uh, fallacies and the apostasies that are out there. And then he comes to the end and he comes back to where he started. In verse 3, and he gets to the doxology. And he brings back to mind the salvation of Jesus Christ for his people. Now I want to show you two things here that, that are done in verse 24. First, it is Jesus who keeps you from falling or stumbling. And second, it is He that presents you faultless or blameless. And He does this with exceeding joy. So first, let's look at keep you. And what He keeps us from is first He keeps us from falling under the control of temptations. Not from being tempted by Satan. We all know that the temptations are there. We all know we're going to be tempted. We all know what we face in society. We know what we face in our homes. We know what we face in our own hearts and our own minds with temptations. But He will keep you from falling and sinking under the temptations of Satan and from being completely devoured by them. I promise you, I promise you, if you are without Jesus Christ, when the temptations come, you will be devoured. You will not just stumble. You will not just fall. You will be consumed and devoured by sin. But He keeps you from falling under the complete control of sin and the temptations. He keeps us from falling by sin, not from being or committing sins. We still commit sins, sadly. We still still see sin in our own lives. We see sin in our homes. We see sin with our children. 
We see sin is still out there. It doesn't stop, but it keeps you from being under the dominion of sin. Sin does not own you. Sin does not control you. Sin will try to trip you up. Sin will throw darts at you. Satan will try to tempt you every step of the way. But Satan does not have control over you. You have the power through Jesus Christ to say no to sin. And that is how Jesus Christ keeps us from falling completely in sin and from having it have dominion over us is when we call out to Him and we recognize our our place before Him as our Master. And we are His servants. We are His sheep and He is our shepherd. We are joint heirs with Christ and He is our King. And when we understand that, when we know it and we grasp hold to it, then we are able to keep ourselves in the love of God. And He is able to keep us from sinning, from falling prey to sin, or to perish with sin. He keeps us from falling into complete damnable heresies. He keeps us from falling prey to those through His Word. We are given this Word of God to keep us on the straight and narrow, to help us walk in the way that He would have us to walk. He keeps us from stumbling in that way. He keeps us from unbelief through His Word, through the grasping hold of Jesus Christ, through the calling out to Jesus Christ. You know, God, God not only initiated our salvation... He intends to walk us through every step of the way. He's not at the beginning and then meets us again at the end. Jesus Christ is walking with us every step of the way through our salvation. He has begun a good work in us and He will complete it. He doesn't meet us at the end. He completes it for us. He is keeping you in Him. He is keeping you in Him. He preserves us. He keeps us. Eternally secure. Paul tells Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 18, he says, Timothy, the Lord will deliver me from every evil work and he will preserve me for his heavenly kingdom. Now, Paul did not know all that lay ahead of him. He knew what was coming, but he didn't know every step that it was going to take to get there. But he knew one thing that God was preserving him until the end. God was keeping Paul both alive and in his will. Peter says in 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 3-5, through 5, Blessed be, God, be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to His abundant mercy has begotten us again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance, incorruptible, undefiled, that does not fade away, reserved in heaven for you, who are kept by the power of God, through faith for salvation, ready to be revealed at the last time. All of that awaits us, reserved in heaven for you, kept by the power of an almighty God. He keeps us from stumbling. He keeps us from falling. He keeps us from ever going all the way away. Do we get off the path sometimes? Yeah. It hurts when we do. It's sad. We experience heartache. We experience trials that we would not 
have experienced had we stayed in the way. We experience heartache that we shouldn't have had to have experienced. Maybe if we'd stayed in the way, but do we still get off the path? Yes. But He will not let us go. He will keep you. If He has to, He will draw you back, back to His path. He will keep you. The power of Christ is what sustains us, the believer, from the temptations that are all around us. Just this example in this letter that he writes, what does that look like? What does the apostate look like that Jude is is warning the brothers and sisters of? Verse 4, they're the ungodly. They're the morally perverted. They deny Christ. Jesus Christ is keeping you from this. In verse 8, they're the defilers of flesh. They reject authority and they speak evil of the angels. Jesus Christ is keeping you from this. In verse 10, the apostates are ignorant and self-destructive. But Jesus Christ is keeping you from this. In verse 16, the apostates are grumblers, complainers, never content, arrogant speakers, showing favoritism for gain. But Jesus Christ will keep you from this. In verse 18, they're the scoffers. In verse 19, they cause divisions. They're worldly minded and they are completely devoid of the Holy Spirit. But Jesus Christ will keep you. He will keep you from stumbling and keep you from falling. Now we're going to trip. We will. We'll trip. We'll get snagged. We'll get snared. But He will keep you from falling all the way down. He will keep you from ever going fully away from Him. And why does He do this? Why does He keep you from stumbling? Why does He keep you from falling? Because He's going to do something that is so joyous with you. After He keeps you from falling, He will present you faultless, blameless before His throne. This is what He died for. To present you faultless and blameless. This is why He condescended to this earth. This is why He walked this earth for 33 years and lived amongst men. This is why He ministered. Because we are His possession. We are His mission. We have been washed in His blood. And He willingly came down to this earth. To die for us so that He could present you and I blameless. Blameless before His throne of glory. Now that to me is encouraging because I cannot present myself blameless to God. I would come head hung low if I even came to the throne at all. I'd have to crawl with my head bowed down because I cannot present myself to God. I can't. Because I'm a sinner. I'm stained with sin. I'm corrupt. But He keeps me. He keeps us from going back to the vomit like a dog. Or going back to the mire like a pig. He keeps you from it. And He Himself, the one who died will take you and He Himself will bring you 
clothed in garments of white, sinless and spotless before His throne and present you to all glory and say, these are my people and they are blameless, blameless before this throne. Isaiah 53 tells us that He has healed us to make us clean. By His stripes we are healed. We were broken. We were broken sinners. But by His stripes we have been healed. We have been made whole and we are made clean. Psalm 51, the psalmist says, Wash me and make me whiter than snow. As white as it can get. Wash me of my corruption. Wash me of my sin. Make me whiter than snow. And this is exactly what Jesus said He came to do. In Matthew chapter 26, verse 28, He says that His blood was shed for the remission of our sins. Because brothers and sisters, the truth is we're sinners. We need a Savior We're sinners. And only Jesus Christ, only He could make such a claim that He could shed His blood for yours and my sins to make us clean and to make us whole. Because we can't. And we know this. But He can. And how does He do this? How does Jesus Christ not only keep you from falling, but then how is He to present you because he brothers and sisters is able he is the only one up for the task he is the only one capable of doing this he is able to present you faultless he is able to keep you because he is a mighty god he's the creator god he upholds all things by the power of his hand He holds power over life and death. He is the giver of life to all these new little babies. And He is the taker of life to all. This is the very same Jesus Christ who gave up His own life under His own control at His own appointed time. And then after three days in the grave, He raised Himself from the dead. He has the power. He is able to do so. This is the same Jesus Christ who ascended into the heavens and is now, right now, at the right hand of the majesty on high. Mark chapter 16 says, So then after the Lord had spoken unto them, He was received up into heaven and He sat on the right hand of God. He is there now keeping you, keeping you from ever falling away from Him. Hebrews 10.12 says that He offered one sacrifice for sins forever. And then He sat down at the right hand of God, where He is right now making intercession for you and for me. This same Jesus Christ is now our intercessor, our mediator at the throne room of God. And as our mediator, He has all the power, all the power in heaven to present you faultless. 
1 Peter chapter 3.22 says, He has gone into heaven and He has every power subject unto Him. This Jesus Christ, He is able. And not only is He able, He is willing to do so. He is willing and He is able because it is His Father's will that He would do so. It is the Father's will that He should keep you. That He should keep you from ever falling away. John chapter 6, 37-39, Jesus says, All that the Father gives me will come to me, and the one who comes to me I will by no means cast out. For I have come down from heaven, not to do my own will, but the will of Him who sent me. And this is the will of the Father who sent me. That of all He has given me, I should lose nothing. But that I should raise it up at the last day. The will of God for Jesus Christ is that He holds on to you. And He never lets you go. And in that will of God the Father, He, God the Son, He delights to do this will. It is His joy to hold you. Me, a sinner? But he's always having to pick me up. I keep falling. I keep stumbling. I keep tripping. And he keeps me. And he holds me. And he does this with joy. He does this with much joy. The great God of all. He has a special interest in you. He has a special affection towards you, his people. He undertook to love you. To live for you. To die for you. And now He is going to keep you. And He's going to do this with the greatest love and affection that a shepherd could give. This great God of all. This great God. The great shepherd. His grasp is sure. Now there was times when I was studying this week and I just kept feeling like I think... That I am just too sinful. There is no way, no way on earth I could ever be before that throne. But then I go back to Jesus Christ. Because when I feel the weight of my sin, and I feel that I'm such a dark, twisted, depraved sinner, and I feel that, yes, I cannot present myself before God, but Jesus can because He is able Because He has cleansed me from my sins. And I cry out to Him as we all should cry out to Him. As David cried out. Lord, I'm a sinner. Make me whole. Renew that right spirit in me. Wash me and make me whiter than snow. And have a firm assurance that He will keep you. This great God, this great shepherd. In John chapter 10, He tells us, My sheep. Hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me, and I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish. Neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hand. Nobody can take me from Jesus, not even myself. I'm a sinner, and I cannot even take myself from Jesus because He will not let me go. Because I am his sheep. And he will hold me. 
He says, my Father has given them to me. And He is greater than all. And no one is able to snatch them out of my Father's hand. Not out of Jesus' hand and not out of the Father's hand. Because the Holy Spirit dwells within us. And when this triune God has grasped a hold of you, nothing, not even your dark sins can take you away because He will not let you stay in your sins. He will keep you from being dominated by them. He will keep you from being controlled by them. And He will keep you in His love. But we're to cling to God. And we're still to be trying to keep ourselves. And I'm reminded of the story in Gentle and Lowly, our small group book by Dane Ortland. And uh, some of you have, may have read it months ago. Some of you may have read it more recently like our group did. But in that story, he tells of him and his son are walking out into a swimming pool. And it's where it starts shallow and it starts getting deeper. And his son is just holding on to dear life to his dad's hand. His dad has his hand out and his finger out like this. And his son is just grasping hold of it. But the further they go out, the more he realizes that though he may be holding on to his father's finger, it is the grasp of his dad that is keeping him above the water. We are to cling to God, but he is holding us And David knew this in Psalm 63. When he had fled from Absalom, he was out in the wilderness. He was desperate. He was alone. He felt forsaken. And then in verse 8, he said, My soul clings to you. I am following hard after God. And my soul clings to you. But your right hand upholds me. Brothers and sisters, we are to keep ourselves from falling, knowing in full assurance and in full confidence that it is Him who is keeping us from falling. We are to cling to God because He is holding you fast. That's really us, isn't it? We're just clinging desperately to God like that little boy is clinging to his father's hand. But it is really... His Father's hand who is holding Him up and keeping Him safe. We're to cling to and follow hard after God. We're to fight against our sins. We're to flee from our sins. We're to run from our sins. We're to be prepared and guarded against them. We're to put on the armor of God and be ready for what is coming our way. Because you can have full assurance That though the darts come, though the snares are laid across your path, though the temptations are there, He will keep you from falling. And He will hold you in His mighty, sure, and sovereign hand. But then after that He says in verse 24, Now unto Him who is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless or blameless. Before His glory, His presence of glory, with exceeding joy. This is what got me so hard yesterday. Now this may be joyful for us. There will be great joy 
when we're presented before God blameless through the righteousness of Christ. But this joy here is talking about the joy of Jesus Christ presenting you blameless. It is with great joy that He will bring us faultless before His own throne. With great joy that He will present you blameless before His own throne. It's with exceeding joy that He brings His people, whom the Father has given Him, whom He has kept firm and sure, that He's had such a sure grip on, as it is with exceeding joy that He brings them before His glorious presence. Me? He's going to have joy in bringing me before His throne? Yes! You and I, the chief of sinners, He will have great joy when He has brought you before His glorious throne. His joy is to bring you into eternal glory. Faultless and blameless. It's the same joy that He took with Himself to the cross. Not the joy that the cross would be gruesome. Not the joy and the pain or the sorrow or the shame that He had to suffer. It was the joy in doing His Father's will on that cross. It was His joy in bringing His Father's will to completeness. What is His Father's will? As Jesus said, that He should lose none of them. And with great joy, He went to the cross. And with great joy, He presents you before the throne. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2 says, Looking unto Jesus, our example, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before Him endured the cross, despising the shame, and, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. He took joy in doing His Father's will on that cross. And He takes that same joy in completing His Father's will when He presents us before the throne. And it's with that same joy that He will keep us from ever truly falling. That He will keep those arrows that are thrown at us, that He guards us. Now we're going to experience tribulations. It's out there. Do not falter. Do not stumble. Cling to God because His right hand upholds you. We are to experience also that same form of joy in our very trials. Just as Jesus was our example upon the cross, we take His example here on earth. 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 6-9 through says, In this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while, if you need be, you have been grieved by various trials, that the genuineness of your faith, being much more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to praise, honor, and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ, whom having not seen, you love. But then we read on that we should experience that same joy. Continue reading. Though now you do not see Him, yet believing, you rejoice with joy inexpressible and full of glory, receiving the end of your faith, the salvation of of your souls. Right now, at this very moment, we should be so full of joy knowing that this world is not our end. 
That my soul will be presented blameless before the throne of God. That you do not have to take your list of good before God. You do not have to take your own works of righteousness before God. Because you could never approach His throne. You could never approach His throne with such emptiness. But we go before the throne of God through Jesus Christ. We go before the throne of God blameless, faultless. The chief of sinners, all of us faultless before the throne of God. That is joyful. That is good news. And then he ends this doxology. Now to him who is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. To the only wise God, our Savior. Jesus is the wisdom of God and the author of all wisdom. He's the only Savior for his people. Only Jesus is. He's not like the false gods of this world who are connived through our the making of men's minds or through the influence of demonic spirits. They're reluctant. They're cold and false deities that have no time for you, don't love you, and don't want you. But God is true. And He is faithful to His people. And He is wise in His salvation of us. Such wisdom, only the wisdom of Jesus Christ could, prevent, could present sinners faultless and blameless before a righteous and holy God. Only through His wise salvation could this be done. To the only wise God, our Savior, be glory. His deity, His divine worship, His divine sonship, the glory of His salvation. To the only wise God, our Savior, be glory and majesty which belongs to Him as God. And which he has in his nature. He's crowned with it. He's enthroned upon it. And he is sitting at that right hand of majesty now. He has dominion and power. Both natural, the kingdom of nature. Nature belongs to him. The spirit belongs to him. All power is subjugated to him. He is above all. Nothing is out of his reach. Not even the darkest of sinners are out of His reach. And He has all power in the making of all things, the upholding of all things, and the completeness of all things. He has all power in redeeming His people. He has all power in protecting His people. He has all power in defending His people. And He has all power in presenting His people before His own throne of glory. Both now and forever. In the past, in the present, and in the future with a resounding Amen. I hope that you find much encouragement knowing that it is Jesus Christ who keeps you. That it is Jesus Christ who presents you faultless and blameless. Not you. All we are to do is to cling. To cling hard to God and to follow hard after Him. And He will uphold you and present you faultless. Let's pray.